Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Digest and Invest podcast. Uh, Josh, how are you doing? I'm very good, Sam. Very good. How are you feeling? Yeah, not too bad. We had our had our summer party yesterday, so I'm feeling a little bit worse for wear, but it was really, really good. We were in uh, Shoreditch with all the cool kids. Uh, we had nice. a, an awesome venue. The food was lovely. The drinks were good. So, yeah, not, not too bad. And, and we're not up too early today in the UK for this, so... I appreciate the the late start. That's okay, mate. I'm always here for you. you know that. Good, good, good. And uh, you'll be over at Christmas. You were just telling me, so we'll 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 finally get a podcast done together, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a it's been a long time, you know, long time coming, and I think it's going to be a great it's going to be a great episode. I just feel that already. Yeah, yeah. Let's manifest that to to coming to fruition. Uh, yeah. The podcast topics for this week. I mean, they don't take too much brain power to come up with i guess first up we've got to talk about the fed so for those that are listening today it's wednesday so it's wednesday morning uk time so obviously that's coming out later today uh we've obviously got to talk about earnings in what is just a, a blockbuster of a week it really is and then lastly but by absolutely no means least we can then talk about the gdp reading which is also coming out of the the us how does that sound yeah, sounds great. I think it's surely got to be one of the busiest years of of uh, sorry, one of the busiest weeks of the year. Absolutely, um, pretty crazy. So, like I said, it was pretty easy to to get our topics for the week. Yeah, I, I have to say, I was really looking forward to this week. It's not often that I would wish a weekend away because of what's coming next week in the markets, but this was as close I got to that. Um, look, we know there's eight eight meetings a year from a scheduled point of view from the FOMC. I mean, obviously there was rumours of those intra-meeting hikes at the beginning of the year quarter quarter one that never materialized so we have the eight scheduled one and the next one is literally in a few hours time as we head into this meeting uh, and obviously the press conference which follows 30 minutes after that are you keeping an eye on anything in particular i mean to set the scene for our listeners in the central bank world we're heading into this announcement following a surprise 50 basis point hike from the ecb last week the majority of the market, I would say, were probably expecting that 25 basis point. The week before that, we had a 100 basis point hike from the Bank of Canada, which, again, was a shock. So I guess the first question is, are we going to see a 100 basis point hike today from the Fed? Uh, I know and I was checking yesterday on the Fed Watch Tour, and I think it was 75 basis point is the current market expectation, I believe. Is, is that right? What, what else are you looking out for anyway? Yeah, well, look, I think we were chatting before um, and, and we had the conversation then and it would be very, very surprising to see the 100 basis point hike. And, yep. and I just don't think it fits the their stance of being open and transparent and, and you know, 
as you as you sort of said lo- losing that sort of credibility in, in that sense mm-hmm. you know some of the, the you know the conversations i've had in the office over the last few days is that well you know, the bank of canada have gone 100 basis points so the fed are going to do the same that's what we're going to see uh, i don't think that will be the case um you know before we had the sort of the blackout period where those sort of fed officials uh, obviously you know don't sort of do any media or press in that time they pretty much all said that they they felt that 100 basis points was off the table and was too aggressive yeah. um in moving too quickly um you know would just ultimately not be the, the right move for the economy um i think that the the u.s core cpi that dropped obviously not that headline number but it was that that that's course course epi that dropped for the third month in a row and then the fact that we've obviously we probably didn't see um the sort of the the, the fall in commodities oil prices reflected in last month's reading either um you know so i think you know as you say despite inflation sort of reaching new highs that that sort of housing market is cool dramatically business activity across the current country has slowed and and actually, um, you know, we, we've seen Microsoft, Google, some of these really high name sort of shelf plans to, to sort of hire uh, as well. You know, Google and Microsoft, as I say, overnight sort of saying they're going to just stay where they are. So, again, the, the jobs market in, in that sense will, will, will ultimately probably change at some point as well. But at the same time, you know, they are trying to take back control because, you know, they've been under the pump for, for not raising rates faster. You know, they've been under the cosh in that sense. They've got a lot of flack. Um, you know, again, I. I don't think they will, uh, but it could mean that if we do go 100 basis points, they just sort of speed this up. But I think it yeah. will be be too quick and too aggressive. Um, as as we both sort of said, I think we pretty much know it's going to be 75 basis point. Um, but I think the view from that now is is that's when we then look to September in terms of you know what are we going to be looking for here? Um, you know, all eyes are probably going to be on Jay Powell and 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 whatever uh, he sort of says. You know, in, in whatever he signals. You know, if if anything. Um, I think that's going to draw the most interest. Whatever he talks about, whatever the conversation is, you know, do they raise the the rates by the same amount and stay aggressive, you know, within September, or do they downshift to just fifty basis points? Maybe some of you know, we've even got talks of even twenty five. Um, obviously, inflation readings in that time, we're gonna it's gonna be a play a big part. We've obviously got GDP as we're going to talk about in a minute in that time as well. Um, you know, but the the drop in commodity prices will probably ease some of the pressure, and obviously some of those other um sort of points that i mentioned a minute ago as well will, will help sort of probably ease that that headline inflation number so let's let's sort of keep our fingers crossed for, for peak inflation and then maybe we see a you know n- not such a hawkish stance uh, from the fed moving forward yeah and, and and as you said the next meeting after this one is september so nothing in august which is typically the period where markets are, are pretty quiet people are going on their holidays right uh, and there is no Fed meeting next month. So the next one in September, for those that are lucky enough to listen to this podcast before the Fed announcement, just a reminder, that is at 7pm UK time, and the press conference follows 30 minutes after. In terms of, of market reaction, you know, if I was to trade this, and, and I must say I'm not someone who's very good at trading fast-paced money markets after a, a rate decision, I prefer to wait. But anyway, for someone that would... You know, I'd be keeping an eye on U.S. equities, whether that be the S&P 500 or the Nasdaq or even the Dow for some that do trade that. I'd be keeping an eye on a couple of dollar pairs, probably the euro, as we know, the most traded currency pair in the world. So I'd probably be keeping an eye on that or if there is another dollar related uh, market that, that someone favours. Uh, gold as well, which usually acts in, in, in correlation with that strength or weakness of the dollar, which could follow depending on what the Fed say and 
do. Uh, and then I'd also be keeping an eye on crypto as well, which has been in, in, in great correlation with US equities recently. Uh, and then probably the 10 year government bond as well as that will go higher or lower, depending on on how hawkish or dovish the uh, the market takes the Fed. Um, in hindsight, which is always 2020 vision, I could be wrong, but I would say we're covering the topics today in order of importance. So number one, Fed, fine. So we also got GDP and earnings, but I'm putting number two with the earnings. Um, you know, we've, we've we've we like to keep this this podcast relatively brief. So I don't know how easy this next bit's going to be for you to to put in your your thoughts. We've got 175 S and P 500 companies reporting this week. We've got over a third of the Dow, 12 of the 30 Dow components too. Some of these names, right? Apple, Alphabet, Microsoft, Amazon, Exxon, Meta, Shopify, Chevron are all reporting, you know, this week. Can you try and break that down for us? Where do you want me to start? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, look, I think first things first, I guess it would probably be best to say that, you know, we're we're doing okay. It's been better than feared so far and, um, you know, um, so far so good. You know, of the 133 companies in the S&P 500, that reported probably before yesterday uh, that the data is a little bit delayed um the 75 percent have reported above expectations that's sort of you know probably about a percent lower than what we've you know average expectations over probably a five-year period so you know given everything that's going on we're, we're doing all right um you know we had two biggies in in alphabet and microsoft overnight both missed expectations um a strong dollar hasn't helped them in that sense particularly microsoft 50 percent of of its revenue is is international um but ultimately both you know in their core revenue segments were, were healthy they, they both were actually pretty solid and and after the bow after you know initially struggling both have, have come through really strong google's ad revenue was better than expected um, and was much better than feared after obviously seeing twitter and snapchat and then microsoft's azure cloud growth was at 46 percent that came in line with expectations and and ultimately still strong given yeah. the, the current environment that that we're in i think obviously we've got to remember that cloud transformation is really big they're still going to be spending on it because it even in a cost-cutting environment it allows companies to to sort of scale um you know it allows them to to probably you know trim processes and, and ultimately it's gonna you know probably save the money in, in the longer term so it's more of an investment but as i say both saw those gains after hours um microsoft sort of got the biggest win uh, they offered a pretty strong fiscal year outlook for 2023 uh, and both these companies are sitting on over a hundred billion dollars in cash which is just monstrous you know so in an environment where you know investors are probably adding defensive assets to their portfolio right now you know these are two tech names that you'd want to see on your list if you're going to be adding tech to your portfolio because you know that's defensive to me you don't get much better than those balance sheets right there um and uh that's recession proof if ever i've seen it so yeah. you know the, the, and ultimately we've got to remember as well that you know the, the market has reacted well the futures were up you know futures are up um despite the misses you know they've shown how good their businesses are and look we, we might see a bit of a dent in demand and a slowdown in growth for a few months but we've got to expect it and I, and I think especially in this environment we look at inflation we look at everything else we look at how much has been thrown at these companies over the last say two and a half years 
I think the street is understanding it and I think he's actually for once reacting rationally and accordingly and actually understanding that yes okay Wait, Microsoft mate, you, you never know oh, like, <laughs> he's yeah. we'll, we'll wait we've got Apple Amazon we've still got the biggies to come but yeah. but so far you know there's sort of we're understanding yeah. that yes okay we might have dropped off a few percent growth might have slowed down but we're in a completely different environment than what we were before you know and again might be tempting fate because we've got Apple that's going to be an interesting one to watch you know, we've obviously had disruptions that we saw hurt Tesla in, in China. You know, how's that disruption going to affect their supply? How's it going to affect their demand in the region? We know China is a huge region for Apple. They've already said in Q2, uh, in Q1 earnings that it's probably going to affect this quarter. Um, but I guess the focus again, like it has been with Alphabet, like it has been with Microsoft, is going to be the earnings call, guidance, the conversation around this sort of macro environment for the rest of the year. Um, but with Apple, I think at the same time, we're probably going to see new product lines in 2023, which is going to be a huge boost for demand. And they'll pull that card out whenever they need to, right? You know, whether it's if they have a weak quarter now, they'll pull it out. If they have a weak quarter in Q3, they'll pull that out then. New product lines coming in 2023. The price is definitely going to probably go up when they do that, as we've seen what with what Microsoft has done. And then Amazon could be mixed given the sort of pos you know the the, the the possibility that we've seen a pullback in spending from consumers the cost of living soaring we've obviously got a you know, this this cost of living crisis maybe a bit of a return to brick and mortar stores but also at the same time we know that retail sales have, have been pretty strong globally as well um you know aws and amazon web services is a huge revenue driver as well and we saw some pretty robust growth from microsoft in that sense so if they can you know, continue that. Um, and then on top of that, Amazon have got an 18% stake in Rivian, the, obviously the automotive company, uh, and they've just started to really ramp up delivery. So I'm not going to call that one at all. Um, make your own guesses on that one. I'm, I'm going to leave that because that's going to be, <laughs> that's going to be anyone's Sit guess. Sit on the fence. Sit on the fence. Absolutely. And then we've got Meta. Um, I'm not hopeful for this. Um, not when you look at sort of Twitter and Snap. Weak advertising revenue, that's slightly to pay through to the earnings. But but also at the same time, I'm not expecting much, but I see a Netflix scenario coming through. Already beaten down massively in the last year. It just needs to have come out with something that's not as bad as feared, and you'll likely see some relief in the price. But at the same time, yeah. this isn't going to be a pretty result at all. They're, they're expected to report year-over-year -year revenue growth that's negative. That's the first time that that would have ever happened since they listed as a public company. Um, obviously we, we only have data up until that point, you know, but maybe their daily active users saves them on the sort of revenue side, given that they do have a huge, obviously usage in terms of Instagram, WhatsApp, etc. But then also in an environment where we were talking a minute ago about having those sort of cash balances and, you know, you know, basically putting down costs Well, you've got meta who've got reality labs, their metaverse push, that's going to lose three and a half billion dollars in the quarter. And the operating costs, uh, operating expenses for Meta are expected to grow around sort of 26 to 30%. So again, I, I'm going to find it difficult to really take the positives from whatever Meta brings out. Um, but ultimately, as I say, Netflix scenario, anything that's slightly better than what we're expecting is, is probably going to see some relief in the price. Yeah, Facebook or, or Meta, of course, now known. They're reporting after market close tonight. Uh, that is Wednesday for those listening. You've also got after market close Ford, Etsy. I'm sure people will be looking at those two's Qualcomm as well. And then tomorrow, before the market open, you've got MasterCard, Southwest, Pfizer. And then after that market closed on Thursday, Apple, Amazon, Roku, Intel, some massive names. And then Friday, as we mentioned before, you've got Exxon, Chevron, 
uh, and AstraZeneca as well, which have all had pretty good years. Is that going to continue? They've all had a dip. They've sort of pushed higher a little bit in recent weeks, those free stocks. Do they continue? Really interesting to see what happens with those earnings, uh, of course, before the market open on Friday, as there is no earnings after the market close because of the weekend. Um, as the non-existing saying goes, if the Fed and earnings don't break the markets, GDP could. So on Thursday or tomorrow, we have the Q2 advance reading from the US. What number are we expecting? Why should we care? How does it form part of the puzzle and fit in with everything else? It's just another piece of a big puzzle, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and ultimately, hopefully that, you know, we can keep you know breaking this down because it's another sort of key um, sort of point in the market right now and a, a key sort of data set. Um, and the data is likely to show that the GDP or GDP in the US contracted again uh, with the Atlanta Fed projecting that real GDP contracted by 0.4%, 1.6% annualized mm-hmm. uh, for Q2. Um, and that's following the 1.6% annualized drop in, in the first quarter. So um, in some cases, there's an argument that this is the early signs of a recession because the rule of thumb is two consecutive quarters of a negative GDP uh, and you're in a technical recession. But uh, reading comments today, Janet Yellen, she's quick to jump to say that that isn't the case um, and that we're in a period of transition in which growth is slowing, um, but we're not heading into a recession. And I guess when you when we sort of really break it down in that sense, I guess she is right, um, because although GDP is negative, um, and again, as I say, some would argue a technical recession, the jobs market is still pretty good. Consumers are pretty cashed up still, you know, maybe less willing to part with it at the moment. We've mentioned retail sales still been pretty strong. Manufacturing is weakening, but still expanding at the same time as well. Mm. Um, and, you know, unless we get sort of all of that, then I think it's really difficult to sort of call a recession. And, you know, conversations that me and you have had with, with Ben Laidler, his conversations have been, look, yes, a recession is on the cards. The risks are rising, but we think it's avoidable. Um, it's not 100% guaranteed. And if we do go into recession, it doesn't mean that it's going to be brutal, right? We, it's probably going to be softer, shorter, um, less, you know, less brutal than what probably what we've had from recessions, you know, in the past, obviously going back to, 2007 GFC banks aren't over leveraged consumers aren't over leveraged you know banks are in a great position you know from what we saw from the stress tests yes earnings weren't great but that's because they were putting aside the loan loss revisions bottom line was the fundamentals were actually pretty good most of them uh, reported pretty good net interest income which is one of the keys for, uh, for for those banks. But the National Bureau of Economic Research, they're sort of the traditional authority on, on when um, US recessions begin and end. And, and from what I've read so far, it looks like they're unlikely to declare a recession for now, given those reasons mentioned above. So even if we do get a negative GDP reading, it's unlikely we're going to get that. But it's just another important um, sort of data set uh, that we need to keep an eye on in this market. Again, we've got a lot. We've got inflation, but it all plays into sort of this recession narrative that we're sort of going to get. Whether we're going to get sort of weaker markets, um, you know, moving forward, uh, and and as I say, if that recession is is going to be imminent, so it's going to be probably you know we, we talked about sort of the ranking there, one, two, three. It probably is going to be the third thing for the week, but it's still going to be a really important reading um, and one that you know the market will have some sort of reaction to, without a doubt. Yeah, definitely. Got to got to pay attention to that. And I guess when summarising the week, you know, whether it be a Friday or a Sunday, you're going to talk about GDP, you're going to talk about the earnings, 
and you're going to talk about the Fed. Uh, elsewhere, we've got Australian PPI, German flash, GDP, German employment numbers on uh, on the Friday. Got Eurozone sentiment data tomorrow. Eurozone flash CPI also on Friday, and the US PCE, which is their favoured sort of look at inflation, that's coming out on Friday, uh, along with Canadian gdp as well so there is still some other things to to keep an eye on and what is just a blockbuster week it really is and we're almost halfway through if we survive this if we finish positive on the week near the highs i don't know i'd sit here very confident that we're starting to form a bottom but listen it one comment you know one minute can change everything in these markets Absolutely. so i think people are going to be on their toes um but josh look thank you very much um pleasure as always yeah, we'll we'll be back next week, hopefully, sitting on uh, a market that has survived this one. Whether we do or not remains to be seen. But uh, let's hope there's no 100 basis point surprises that we're not aware of. Are we going to see the S&P 500 above 4,000 next week, Sam, when we record this? I, I, I'm going with yes. I'm going yeah. with yes. But uh, as a trader in me, I've also prepared for the, the worst and... We'll, mm. we'll take advantage of that, hopefully. So, yeah. But look, and for anyone that's made it through to to hear it this far uh, and isn't sick of our voices, remember you can go to the Toro Academy. You've got podcasts, guides, videos, blogs, everything that you want uh, to, to check out there as well, including all the old podcast episodes. Uh, but Josh, thank you as always. No, a pleasure. Thanks everyone for listening as always and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.